All right, open your Bibles with in Matthew in chapter 28, if you would please. Matthew chapter 28. I want to publicly thank Brother Paul and the church for the invitation, for the hotel room, for your generosity and and uh, inviting us and uh, rooming, board, all of that. Thank you very much. Many of you have asked, uh, and some probably wondered where Miss Pat is. About a year and a half ago, Pat went back to school in the evenings and something she's been wanting to do for 20 years, as long as I've known her. And she got her CNA license, certified nursing assistant license, and just a couple of months ago, less than that really, she was hired by our local hospital. And she's working as a nurse's tech, an assistant, and they've got her working 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., and, uh, in fact, she's working all weekend, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. She is the proverbial low man on the totem pole, so she couldn't be here, but she said to say hello to everyone. Next Friday night and Saturday night, for those of you who are local, next Friday night and Saturday night at 7 p.m., Brother Mark Campbell will be preaching for us. Brother Mark Campbell from Sawyersville, Kentucky will be down. He'll be preaching for us Friday night, Saturday, and then next Sunday. All right? And I've got to leave after this, and I'm sorry. I publicly apologize to those who will be speaking. I've got a church member who's just about to walk across the stage, and uh, I called Brother Paul and asked him and got his permission. And I'm going to miss the graduation, but the family asked if I could please try to get back. They're having a, a meal together this evening if I could try to get back for that. So I'll have to leave a little bit early, and I'm sorry, but I am a pastor, and I uh, want to try to do right by my people as well. Would you stand with me And as I read God's Word? Not because I think you have to. I just think you need to. You get a little blood flowing here a little bit. Wake you up a little. Matthew chapter 28. And as I finish my introduction, I would like to thank Brother Troy for walking all over my sermon. Uh, anyway, big Bible there, Troy. Big Bible there, Troy. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You be seated, please. I've been tasked to preach to you on the commission given to the church, the Great Commission given to the church. I would like for you to imagine with me for just a moment, if you would, a wealthy king of a vast empire sitting on his royal throne. And there is a need within his kingdom, something that he desires to have addressed at once. There are a number of bridges that need to be built. And that's something he wants to address immediately. So the king gathers to himself a unique group of individuals. 
These men and women have different gifts and abilities. Some are engineers, some are architects, some are stonemasons or good with masonry work. And so the king gathers them together before the throne and he commissions them to go out into his kingdom and to begin the process of building bridges. In fact, he commissions them to do whatever is necessary, take whatever steps are necessary in order to get these bridges built. These are men and women who leave the throne room under the authority of the king. And so it is with the Lord's church and the Great Commission. Our king gathered together his first church on this Galilean hillside and commissioned them and us by extension to further his empire by going out and building bridges. This is our duty. This is what our king has commissioned us to do. Now, whether or not the king dispatches others to go and build bridges or whether he sends out others to build roads or highways or underpasses, really, folks, that's none of our concern. That's the king's business. I'm afraid that all too often we're like Peter. If you will remember... After the resurrection, Jesus gathers his disciples together and he says to Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you really love me? To which Peter replies, you know, Lord, that I love you. And Christ then commands Peter, then feed my sheep. And if we're just frank about it, Peter was a little bit upset about that. That was a public rebuke of him. It was gentle, yet it was a public rebuke about it. And so Peter looks around there and he sees John. Peter says, well, Lord, what is John going to do? And how did the Lord respond? Don't worry about what John's going to do, Peter. You do what I've called you to do. And I think it would serve all of us well if we would take an example from that. And not worry so much about who is and who isn't and who should and who shouldn't, but get busy doing what our king has commissioned us to do. Jesus said to Peter, don't you worry about him. I've got him. You do what I've called you to do. And my challenge be for us this afternoon in the time that we have together is not to wrangle about who does or doesn't have authority, but to answer this question. Are we using the authority that we have? When it comes to the issue of authority, my concern, and I believe yours should be as well, is not us not knowing It is us not going. That is the concern that I have. Now, it would be easy to wave the pom-poms around and fire up the crowd, but folks, do we really have anything to brag about? Are we really having to build down or tear down our barns and build bigger? Furthermore, I'll ask, what do we have that we have not received? 
And if we received it, why would we boast about it? But more than that, I ask that the Holy Spirit would prick our hearts and motivate us to get busy and stay busy doing the work our King has commissioned us to do. I want you to notice with me first from this text the authority that we are under. The authority that we are under. In verse 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus says, I have all authority. All authority. Because of that, go ye therefore. We go as those who are sent under the authority of our king. God, throughout the Old Testament, sent numerous prophets to his people. John the Baptist was what? A man sent by God. Jesus was sent by the Father. Jesus then sent the Holy Spirit to his church. And now Jesus, on this hillside, sends you and I to go out and carry the commission to this lost world around us. We must bow to the authority of our triune God and our King and realize that we go under His authority. We have been sent by the omnipotent Son of God. Now, I don't know how, and maybe I'm the only person in the building... But I don't know how, but somehow I got it in my head years ago, and sometimes I just have to walk myself through the text, and that helps me and helps clarify some things for me. But somehow I got it in my head that when Jesus commissioned this first church, that somehow he divested himself of authority, as if now Jesus is 75% Authoritative in the church is 25% authoritative. But guess what? Jesus still has all authority. We go under His authority. And the only authority we have is the delegated authority that He has given us. That's it. Maybe I'm the only one that struggled with that, but I did. I, I thought well, Jesus sort of divested Himself. Now, He doesn't have it all, but no, He's still the sovereign of the universe. And He has all authority. Let's be friends. Let's be, let's be clear about this, my friends. Jesus is the omnipotent king who has all authority. He has commissioned us and so we must go. Now I want you to think on this. Jesus didn't say these words for no reason. There's, there's a reason why Jesus said, I want you all to know I have all authority. He didn't tell this little doubting band of brothers that he had all of this power for, for no good reason. And he certainly didn't tell them that so they could strut around like barnyard roosters thinking themselves superior to everyone. No, he wanted these doubt-filled disciples to know that he, King Jesus, is not some powerless potentate 
without even the strength to manage his own kingdom. Oh no, they needed to hear that the king that has sent them out is a king that has all authority and power over all. And I think we miss this. I think we're missing something that Jesus is saying here. He is saying to them, listen, I want you to go. And I want you to preach the gospel to this world. And I want you to understand that me, that I, the king who am sending you, I'm not weak and frail and powerless. Oh, no, I have all authority. I have the right, the divine right and ability to do great things. And because of that, you need to go. Folks, Jesus has power over death. And he's the only one who does. He has power over the demons. Jesus has power over sin and over Satan. Jesus has power over all earthly rulers. Jesus has power over the Caesar in Rome. Jesus has power over addiction. Jesus has power over the grave. Jesus has power, power, wonder-working power. Now you go preach his name. That is what he is saying to them. I want you to know that I'm not sending you out weak and frail and helpless. I have authority to do great things. Just go. I I can raise the dead. I can heal the sick. I can cleanse the leper. I can break free the addictions of the past. Go in my name and preach in my name. Folks, we do not need to go in fear and timidity, but with the knowledge that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. We don't have to be ashamed. Do you hear me? We don't have to be ashamed to make big, bold claims about what our king can do. Because our king has all authority. He has all power. Someone may say, well, who can be saved? The answer, with men this is impossible. But with God nothing is impossible. This is the authority that we are under. The authority of King Jesus. The supreme sovereign of the universe. And listen, he's got the whole world in his hands. Yes, he does. Go preach boldly. And we can go and fulfill this commission knowing that our king can do great things, wonderful things. We have writ in hand, do we not? Where we can go out and lovingly but confidently Do the work He has given us to do. Go ye therefore because of who He is and in the power of His might. This is the authority we are under. The authority of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But what has our King tasked us to do? Know with me not only the authority that we are under, but the work we have been given. Verse 19 and the first part of verse 20. Go ye therefore 
and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Go and teach all nations, as Brother Troy alluded to earlier. This is not to be a Jewish commission. This is to be a global commission. We are to go to the outcast, to the highways and the hedges and to the uttermost parts of the world. We are to go and teach all nations, baptize those who were converted, teach them to observe all things that He has commanded. Folks, if I may reference the parables, we're to go out and sow the gospel seed. This is how the mustard plant grows. This is how the leaven spreads. And to put it another way, this is how bridges are built. Bridges between heaven and earth by you going to lost sinners and telling them about the redemptive work of the risen Messiah, King Jesus. That is our business. This is the work we have been given. To tell lost sinners about the Savior and to teach saved sinners how to serve. That is the Great Commission. We're to warn sinners to flee from the wrath that is to come. We should echo the words of the gentle Jesus and say, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We're to shout. We're to share. We are to whisper that Jesus died for our sins according to the Scriptures, was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. We're to tell The law sinners that if you will trust in Him, He will forgive you all of your sins and to wash you whiter than snow in His own blood. However, friends, having done this, assuming that we have, we are not done with the commission. When we carry the good news that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners... We have begun our duty, but we have not finished it. The commission is about more than just preaching the gospel. It is about making disciples. In its simplest form, the great commission is about discipleship. Yes, it's about sharing the gospel. It is about baptism. It is about teaching But all of these can fall under the same heading, discipleship. And if I may be so bold, this is something that is sorely lacking in my life. In the life of the church that I pastor. And you ask the Holy Spirit, is this something that is lacking in your life? The work that we have been given is to point lost souls to the Savior and the saints to service. It is about showing unsaved sinners how they can trust in Christ and about showing saved sinners how they should serve Christ. This is the commission. This is discipleship. If you would notice in verse 
19, Jesus says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That word teach very simply means make disciples. Make pupils. Make little followers of Jesus. That's what this is about. In fact, it is the same Greek word, Greek word that is translated numerous times in the New Testament as the disciples. Listen, that's what the commission is. It is making disciples of Christ. And every disciple should be a disciple-making disciple. Listen, I know. I guess i got to give a disclaimer. I know that we can't save anybody. You realize I know that? I know that. And I know that God is sovereign. But let me tell you how sovereign He is. He's so sovereign that He has ordained that little weak clay vessels like this would go out and communicate the gospel and that He would save sinners and then He uses these same clay vessels to teach them how they should follow after the Messiah that just saved them. Sometimes we overcomplicate matters, but listen, it's just this simple. We are to go to those who are not saved and share with them how they can become a Christian. And we are to go to those who are saved and we should teach them how they can more fully follow Christ. And Sunday morning pulpit is not enough. It's not enough. It's vital. It's necessary. But it's not enough. You might be interested to know that the emphasis in this passage is not on the word go. The Greek imperative is the word teach or make disciples. That's what the imperative is. Now you say, preacher, are you saying we don't need to go? Don't be absurd. you got to go. But the imperative is make disciples. We need folks to go, to go to the far regions of this world. We need that. But you and I also need to see that our king has commissioned each of us to carry out the great commission. I am concerned that in an effort to challenge our people, we have put a disproportionate amount of emphasis on the word go. And that we have wrongly given people the idea that the only ones required to evangelize are those who go to some foreign field or those who go to some far far away place. No, dear friends, we need people to go to Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth, but we also need people, men and women, boys and girls, who are willing to disciple right here in Jerusalem. You need people to stick with the stuff, to evangelize and proselytize right where God placed you. In fact, 
a very good argument could be made that Jesus is telling His disciples everywhere you go, you make disciples. Whether that is to the job site or Germany. Whether you go to the marketplace or Malaysia. Whether you go to the church house or the house of commons, wherever you go, as you go, make disciples. Parents, do you know whose responsibility it is to disciple your children? You. We want to dump it off on the Sunday school teacher, don't we? Somehow thinking 30 minutes of coloring books are going to keep up with the 40 to 50 hours a week they're spending in front of social media, from a television screen. I done quit preaching now and I'm going to meddling, right? You know whose responsibility it is to disciple your children? You. Your grandchildren? You. Every disciple should be a disciple-making disciple. Folks, this is the work we have been given. But now I'm going to ask you to make an honest admission with me. This is a responsibility that is easy to shirk and become hyper-Calvinist about it in practice, if not in belief. And to be honest with you, I'm afraid that some of us have been behaving so wrong for so long that our behavior has now affected our belief. But more than just dodging our duties, we have become really good at justifying how we like to get the work done. We like to tell ourselves that we have carried out the commission because the church supports missionaries. I'm asking you to get honest with me this afternoon. We like to convince ourselves that as long as we give money to the church and some of that money supports the pastor or supports missionaries, well, folks, we've done our job. But that is a partial and frankly, all too easy commitment to carrying out the commission. Every Christian, every day, has a duty to carry the commission out. Every Christian, every day, has a responsibility to share the gospel. Every Christian, every day, has a responsibility to try and pray and plead with God to help you make disciples. Listen, corporate support, church support of missionaries is good, but it is not a replacement for your individual responsibility to carry out the commission. You, dear Christian, you, member of Landmark Baptist Church, you have a duty to go out and make disciples. Now, I know this is demanding, and I know that it requires more effort than just writing a check, but this is the work our king has commissioned us to do. Now, my wife and I, we are in the beginning stages of building a home. 
if it ever stops raining. We spent months looking at houses. And we got frustrated and looked for months when they, we, we see these big, gorgeous houses being built and they put them on a teeny tiny lot. Now, if that's what you live in, that's fine. That's your business. That's not what our preference was, okay? Over and over again, we'd see these 2,700 square foot houses sitting on a 3,700 square foot lot. And I talked to some local builders. In fact, I talked to one builder. He's built eight over 800 houses in Houston County. And I said, why do you build these giant houses and put them on these tiny yards? The answer, that's what your average homeowner today wants. It's just simply supply and demand. That's exactly what it is. This is what the market demands. Your average Mr. and Miss Smith don't want a big yard. Now, there's several reasons for that. Generally, people don't garden like they used to. I know some of you do, but generally people don't garden like they used to. Nationally, we have smaller families. And the children we do have don't want to go out in the yard and play. But more than that, and here's the thrust of it, the average homeowner today just doesn't want a big yard to keep up with. They're too busy. And most people, this is what I'm told by those in business, most people, and especially as they get older, and it's fine, I'm not criticizing, I'm just saying this is how it is. As they get older, they hire someone to take care of the lawn for them. And that's what we do as good Americans, right? We hire somebody to do our cooking for us, somebody to do our cleaning for us, somebody to take care of our lawn for us. As good Americans, that's exactly what we do. But here's the problem. That consumeristic mentality has made its way into the Lord's church. And we want to hire somebody to carry out the Great Commission for us. You say, well, we support missionaries. And some churches take great pride in it. We we support 13 missionaries. Good. That's biblical. You should support missionaries. But guess what else you should do? You should be carrying out the commission yourself. You ready for this? You can't subcontract the Great Commission. You and I must do the work. You cannot carry out the commission by proxy. We are the laborers in the field. We are the ones that the king has sent out. Each of us have an individual responsibility to carry out the commission. You can support 10 missionaries or 100 missionaries But if you're not reaching your community with the gospel, you are not carrying out the Great Commission. We could try to lease a clear conscience if we want to, but it just won't work. The best thing we can do is do what our king has commissioned us to do. We're sent under authority. We've been given out a a task to carry, but Jesus didn't stop there. Let me mention this as I close. Jesus offers a word of comfort and encouragement to this fledgling fledgling little flock that was battling discouragement. Note with me finally here out of verse 20, the promise that empowers. We go, we make disciples, God saves, we teach, He opens their ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. 
But notice with me the close of verse 20. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world or this age. Amen. This is not just some empty words to close out a sentence. John didn't just say, here's a good way to finish up. I'm sorry, Matthew didn't just say, here's a good way to finish up my book. No, this is a promise that our king has given us. That in the person of his spirit, he will bless our efforts. So go. He empowers our evangelism. He emboldens our witness. He encourages us in our failures. What a source of comfort this should be. That we are not alone. When you're out there witnessing, trying to reach and teach people, you are not alone. Jesus said, I'll go with you. I will be with you. And so you don't have to go in fear and trembling when the king with all authority is with you. May God help us. May God help us to meet into Memorial Heights, to get busy carrying out the commission that he's given us. Brother Paul.